We saw yesterday the question, in the paragraph that starts Hine, we saw the question is, what's the point of learning Sefer Hasidus? Isn't that Bittal Torah? you could be learning at that point. So why would you be wasting your time, seemingly, learning Sefer Hasidus to gain some understanding, some depth? So how do you answer this question? How do you answer the question? You say it's not a question. That's how you answer the question. Anei no kitausai. You need to answer him like the mistake that he made when he asked the question. Because let's be honest. Everything we learned for the past 100 pages, that we've discussed up until this point. We didn't even take away one hour worth of your learning. To go through Chavis Atamidim all the way till here. We took away any of your time to learn. All we're doing is doing a little bit of cleanup. We're taking out the weeds, cutting some other thorns. I'm making it that it should be more accessible and available to learn. Sometimes you need to not just plant, but you need to also remove the things that are there that are holding back the plants that are planted from growing properly. Those quarter hours that are empty at the bottle behem, where you're not really learning. Every, like those 15 minutes where you're not really learning, which is what we do over here, 15 minutes, about 7.45 to 8 o'clock. These 15 minutes, and those thoughts that are not really not significant, and the thoughts that are hevel, nonsense. I'm sure you have more than 15 minutes worth of nonsense thoughts during the day. So what's worse? The 15 minutes that you learn Chassidus or the 15 minutes of nonsense thoughts? So if you tell me you're somebody that 24 hours a day you think only Torah and therefore you're the Vilna Goyen you don't need to learn Sifra Chassidus no problem. Okay? I can understand that. We can discuss that also. I can understand that. But I'm not taking away from you time that you would be learning necessarily anyways. You'd be, anyways, having machshavas b'teilis. Yachmasu b'mcha, we're stealing that from you. V'yimalo ucha tachtein chachma kedusha. We're putting instead of that wasted thought and wasted time, kedusha or v'chasidus, holiness, life, and chasidus. V'eich yuchal hachai lahakchesh sachai. It's on the lashon of Gemara. A live person can't deny what a live person says. Meaning, I can tell you from today till tomorrow something they're about to show Solomon said. And there's nothing you can do about it. Because you can't go ask him if he really said that. But if I tell you something that Rebelli Be'er Vachsvegel says, you can obviously go check out to see if what I'm saying is accurate. That the Gemara calls, A living person can't deny something that a living person said. But, So therefore, you can't deny what I'm telling you right now is true. There are thought time in your day where you're not necessarily thinking terror. And those are the times I want you to designate for this. You're right. You should not be taking a look learning. If your schedule is to learn from 1 to 5 o'clock every single day, please do not learn Hasidus from 1 to 5. But what about those other times? That's what I'm asking you to spend some time to get to know yourself, as we'll see. Habet no re'e, please look and see. He'im machnei ha-chasidim ha-shem I challenge you, says the Piyazetra. 
I challenge you to look and see if the groups of Hasidim in every generation, Aniim, Milim de Atayo, are so deprived of Tamid Chachamim, Meyasha Shar Hamachanik Bisro. Then the other segments in Klai Yisro. Is it, is, it, is it that big of a difference? You look at communities that are Hasidish, and look at communities that are not Hasidish. Is the Limit Torah on a lesser level to such an extent that you have to make a Bahala about it? I don't think that that's the case. In fact, says the Chavisat Hamidim, the Imba Doris Ashilofanenu, if in the previous generations, and he's talking about in the 1930s, so if in the 1880s, the Imba Doris Ashilofanenu, Rakhloi Pusim Hayyabne Atar Ashabena Hasidim, Let's say Taka there was a lesser amount, but and it's very hard to deny what he's about to say. In 1930, we have this vision of Yeshivas, Ponovich, and Mir, and Slot, and Branovich, and Grodno, and so on and so forth. Go through all the Litvishi Yeshivas, Radin, Kamenets, throw them all into one big basket. How many yeshiva lights were there? The numbers are embarrassingly small. Embarrassingly small. And they had the biggest heads. Rebbe Achper, Rebbe Shimon, Rebbe Chonon, Rebbe Naftali Trop, Rebbe Aaron, Rebbe Tzalman, Rebbe Moshe Matcha Epstein, Rebbe Tzalman Melsa, the greatest of the greatest. Rebbe Chaim, the Biskirov, the greatest of the greatest one they tell you were in the Lutzisha world, in the yeshiva world. So let's talk. How many yeshiva lights were there in the non-Hasidish areas? Not more than 20,000. Not more than 20,000. And I'm being generous. Ger alone, Hasidus of Ger, had that amount of people. Alexander alone had that amount of people. Redomsk alone had that amount of people. You never heard of Redomsk because they got wiped out during the war. Redomsk had... Thousands and thousands of yeshiva lights. People sitting and learning in yeshiva. All day. We don't know about them because the Nazis came and wiped out the entire Kihilus Redumps. But in the yeshivas of Redumps, there were hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of Bakrim, and there was 400 maestas, 400 yeshivas. So we, make, we glorify the Lithuanian yeshiva world, which was ravaged and ransacked by Haskalah. There was families that... Literally, one out of every five or six were from. So you want to tell me in 1870, in 1860, in 1850, maybe it was like that. 1930? 1930? He's talking 1930. Let's talk 2024. 2024. Probably around there. And how many from from Chassidishavir between Satmer and Ger and Vizhnitz and Bell and the amount of learning that goes on in Babiv and all these places? It's on par. I'm not saying it's more, I'm not saying it's less, but it's 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 very close. And they're producing Tabitha Khachamim. Like there was a Rev Yashiv, there was a Rev Osner. You have to be honest about it. It's, it's the way it was. It's the way it's been now for hundreds, not hundreds, for, for tens and tens of years. So this myth that we have that Torah was owned by a certain amount of segments of Klai and then never made it to other places, 
It's not true. It's not true. Maybe they're not putting out Maybe. Maybe. But they're putting out Svarim. Way more. It's, it's for sure. There's much more Bnei Alocha coming out of the Hasidish world and the Lutzish world. So each one's doing what they're, they're supposed to do. So who gives someone a right to say that A is better than B and B is better than A? A is needed and B is needed, like the Chavot Chaim says. Don't want them to ask Chavot Chaim. Why does Hashem need Fardim, Hasidim, Litvak, and then in Hasidim, there's Ger, and there's Vizhnitz, and there's Papa, and there's Bells. Like, what do you need all these segments for? And the, bells are, and the Chavot Chaim said, why don't you ask, ask any king, go to the Polish king, and ask him, why does he need an Air Force, a Navy, an Army? And in the Air Force, he has people that do this, and people that do that. There are people that are intelligent, there are people that are foot soldiers, there are people that are cleaning the... Because an army needs to have many different types. And Klaisol's an army. We need Yemenites, we need Svardim, we need Litvish, we need Hasidish. Hashem needs every single one of them to make up the army of Klaisol. And to look at somebody else doing their Avedov and look down at them means you're looking down at a Kaddish Baruch Hu's army. No different than if somebody else would look down at you. It's the same thing. Because every segment in Klai Yisrael is doing a certain Avedo, it's a certain Shevet in Klai Yisrael, it's a certain tribe in Klai Yisrael, that's doing what, need, what it needs to do. Ata Badar he says, in this generation, Reim Ba'alil, we see clearly, and again, Enachai Makrish Sakai. If anybody wants to disagree with me here right in 1930, come talk to me. He says, we see clear in this generation, Ki Oid Yigdal Hamispor B'nei Torah Hashem HaChasidim, also lost some. The numbers don't lie. There were more people sitting and learning in 1930 that were Hasidish than people that were not Hasidish. Because in the people that were not Hasidish, they were falling like flies to the Haskalah. These are things that are, the numbers are very clear. Maybe a different style of learning. Fine. No, we're, not, we're not disagreeing with that. Can't say that there was no great terror over there. In this unfortunate generation, you can't, you don't say that without that many leaving. And we can't say that you can't inflate the numbers of people that are moving away from Hashem and Materiosoi. From the people that were leaving Yiddishkeit in the 1930s, there was way more people leaving from the non Hasidish communities than there was from the Hasidish communities. And numbers are very clear what was happening in 1930. Very clear. We don't have to repeat what Rebbe Mello said about why the Holocaust happened. Well, he got a lot of flack for it, and I don't want to deal with the flack that he dealt with. But the numbers were very clear in 1930. Very clear. So this myth, that's what it was, it was a myth. This myth that people held on to for years, that Hasidim are not Bnei Tariu. It's just not true. It's just not true. He doesn't give a name. I wish I would know who it was. He says, like, I heard from a Yerushimayim, a, 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 a person who was not a Chassid, that in Poland, what's holding up Torah and Yiddishkeit in Poland is Chassidus. 100%. Because the numbers were, were falling away. The story goes that Rav Shlomo Eger one time asked, Rav Shlomo Eger was... was 
Rav and Pozni took over after his father. He started in Varsha, he went to Pozni, then he went back to Varsha. Shlomo Eger one time asked, and Shlomo Eger was not a chassid, if anybody knows anything about Shlomo Eger. He one time asked somebody, one of the chassidish rabbis, he says, how come by you the numbers are staying strong? He says, in Pozni, I barely can put together two shuls of minyanim of Shemir Shabbos. The answer he didn't want to hear, that's for sure. Shlomo Eger did not want to hear the answer. But that's the fact. Those are the facts. In Pozni, the city of Pozna, the great ship of Eger City. By the time we got to 1850, you couldn't find the minion of Eden that was Shem Mitzvah. You went to Germany, where Rabshan Shafel Hirsch, yesterday was his yard site. Rabshan Shafel Hirsch came to Germany, Frankfurt, one of the biggest, most Hushavik communities in, in history that the Eden had. There was 11 from families. 11. The big Frankfurt Kehillah, 11 from families. And this was happening in city after city and town after town. So sell me that the learning is everything, if it's not working in some places. And don't tell me that the Hasidim is no learning, if there somehow it's lasting. We have to talk more about this. We'll pursue this tomorrow, brother.